Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Lady Boy Gigi, and you are listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. And he's going to introduce our topic tonight. So this week is Transgender Awareness Week. I thought in honor of Transgender Awareness Week, we would discuss issues surrounding being transgender and what it means and kind of a... A, a brief rundown for people who may not be very familiar with everything that goes into being transgender and things like that. So I think to start off the topic this week, it would be good to go over some terminology that is helpful when discussing transgender issues. So... A lot of people make a mistake because they they confuse the idea of sexual orientation and sexual identity. And that that's kind of a mistake because sexual orientation deals with the people that you are attracted to. And sexual identity refers to how you feel inside. And then 
aside from all of these things, there is a concept of gender expression, and that is how you express gender. And all of these things are are separate things, even though sometimes there is some crossover. But a lot of people get really confused and like one of the things that happens a lot of times is when people see either gay effeminate men or gay masculine women, they can sometimes assume that those people are transgender, but that's that's not necessarily the case. A lot of times there are gay men that are, are very effeminate and have a very flamboyant sense of self, but they are men, they consider themselves men, they like men, and they'll be offended if you try to refer to them as a woman. And the same thing with butch lesbians, you know, a, a lot of times people will confuse butch lesbians for transgender men and they have a problem with that and get offended. There is no way to know how someone identifies if you don't ask them. But a lot of times it is really rude to make assumptions or to to ask in certain ways. I think that if there if you find yourself confused by a person, the the best thing often is to just ask someone what pronouns they go by. And a lot of the time, that will open up the conversation and help you to recognize someone as they would like to be recognized. I think there's another point of confusion around transgender and that is that transgender means that you're transsexual and that's not the case there are people that are transgendered but not transsexual intersex people there's non-binary people and there's a lot of people that just are kind of outside the box so to speak (laughs) But transgender is kind of an umbrella term, and it refers to all genders that are non-conforming to the standard cis male, cis female. I think it gets really kind of complicated because sex and gender are very complicated things. Research is showing more and more that Sex is not a fixed thing. It's not binary. It's a spectrum. And I think the transgender umbrella kind of helps us understand that it is more of a spectrum than that there is a binary, that there's only males, only females. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to clarify that point, too. Some of the other termi- terminology that is helpful in discussing and exploring trans issues 
So Gigi already used the prefix cis, which a lot of people have come to kind of get offended by, but it simply is the opposite of the prefix trans. So someone who is cis male or someone who is cis female is someone who was born as the gender that they identify, uh, uh, or they were born the sex the same sex of the gender that they identify with. And a lot of people think somehow that when trans people and group of people that support trans people, when they use the term cis, that it is somehow an insult, which it's not. It's simply a, a descriptive thing. Another term that people might not be familiar with is the idea of dysphoria, and normally gender dysphoria. And gender dysphoria is the uneasy feeling that lots of trans people experience with their being a gulf between the way their bodies look and the way they see themselves. And it can manifest in a lot of different ways, and it can be very damaging to to people experiencing it. That is one of the reasons that there has been a strong movement to recognize people's pronouns and to not just recognize a person's pronouns when you're talking with them face-to-face or they're in the room, but even when they're not in the room and things like that, because it helps people feel a lot more comfortable feeling that people see past their bodies and the, the things that kind of make them feel uncomfortable in general. And what are some of the pronouns that are in common use today? So there is he, him, she, her. For non-binary, there's actually quite a few. The most common is they, them, used as a singular pronoun. There is also zer, zem. There is... And as far as other gender-neutral pronouns, there's a whole lot of them, and they're, they're constantly changing, so it's hard to keep on top of all of them. But I, I think that the the best course of action is to ask people what they use as their pronouns and to use them accordingly. And it's important to honor and respect it. Mm-hmm. And I know it can be confusing. I'm pretty bad about that sometimes because uh, I try to be grammatically correct and sometimes I'm not understanding the use of they, their, theirs. (laughs) And so it takes some practice, but I'm getting a little better at it. You are. And 
also there's people that, like me, I don't really identify as any of that. I'm hermaphrodite. And I don't feel like there's an appropriate pronoun really out there for me. And so I like to stay out of that confusion myself and just use all the pronouns. I'm good with anything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so each individual has to kind of define their own self. It's kind of like sexual orientation. It's like I know I'm bi. I've been bi all my life. And I've always identified as bisexual. But I've had a lot of people try to tell me that, oh, no, you just need to get off the fence, make up your mind. You're just sitting on the fence. (laughs) I go, no, I like both. (laughs) So honor people in both gender identity and in sexual orientation. Because it is us that define who and what we are. We know what we like, and we know what we don't like. (laughs) One of the things I find kind of interesting, and this phenomena occurs pretty widespread and with a lot of bisexuals, is the whole concept of being gender fluid, not really being fixed. And that's a little different than being non-binary, It's drifting between the effeminate and the masculine, getting in tune with both sides of our our gender and our sex. I know that for me, being intersex, I'm very gender fluid in certain ways. And then there's times when I'm very gender fixed in the sense that I feel like I'm neither male nor female. I'm both (laughs) and neither. And it gets confusing, I know, but it's what I feel inside. And so there is a whole lot of different ways of coming to gender and gender identity. And I I really I really feel that a lot too. I am non-binary, but there's a lot of gender fluidity in my non-binary experience I know that a lot of times I feel either very masculine or very feminine and it all depends on what I'm doing and a lot of times I feel a, a mixture of both things but I know that like when I am working hard and working up a sweat and doing things that kind of get my adrenaline going. I I feel much more in touch with my masculine side. And when I am having emotional conversations and I am doing domestic things like cleaning and cooking, I feel much more tied to my feminine side. But I also feel a combination of the two a lot of the time, especially when I am in the middle of feeling inside of my masculinity and then 
something really emotional happens inside of me. Like I feel the feminine side coming up inside of me while I'm having a masculine experience. And in those moments, it ties everything together. And as far as my gender identity goes, whether I'm feeling masculine or feminine, I am non-binary, but I have moments where I feel more strongly pulled towards one side or the other. And I think that's, for me, it's one of the things that helps me celebrate my, my gender. It's one of the things that helps me feel very strong inside of myself is being able to go through all of these different feelings that bring about different parts of my personality and being not only accepting of it and embracing it fully, but also being able to be open to having one of the other sides of me come up in the middle of feeling in the middle of a very masculine moment or a very feminine moment. And it's hard to understand inside my head, and it's even harder to express outside of myself what it all means and how it comes about. And everyone's journey is completely personal. And there is no wrong way to be in this world. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people have problems with, especially when they first realize that they might have a different gender identity than they had thought before. A lot of times these new feelings come up and they're they're kind of alien and they're kind of new and it can lead to a lot of confusion and I think that it is so good that we're living in a time where there is a lot of conversation around this issue and around these topics because it gives people space to to explore that I don't think has been available to people for a very long time, especially in the general accepted society. And I think one of the things that comes up for me is that, and this is one area we didn't define yet, there's some people that don't identify as having gender. They're kind of genderless. It's kind of like almost a sub... Well, I hate to compare it, but being asexual... Agendered. Agendered is maybe a good term for it. It is actually the, the term. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I did want to kind of mention that because... I want to cover all the bases. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, growing up, I 
I didn't learn that I was hermaphrodite or intersex until I was in my mid-20s, early 20s, I guess. I was around 23. It had been kept a deep, dark secret, but I knew that even as a little kid, I, I didn't feel like I was a man or a boy, and I didn't feel like I was a girl, and I didn't know where I fit. And it was very... Uh, even the neuropsychs that I had to take for being dyslexic and ADHD, all of them came back saying that I had brain pattern that was too effeminate to be male. <laughs> and so I think that's part of being a hermaphrodite is that we are kind of in the that kind of nowhere land <laughs> or in the shadows and so growing up I was very confused about my own identity and that you know one of the questions that always kind of plagued me was when a baby's born the first question is it a boy or a girl and we're in it until we get one of those labels and so gender t does tend to be a very core part of our identities. And so growing up with this kind of core identity kind of, I won't say missing, but kind of ambiguous, was kind of a challenge. <laughs> and so I started exploring, and I think that's when once I found the bisexual community, I loved it because I embraced the term gender fluid. It was such a beautiful term. And I thought, yeah, that's what I am. I'm gender fluid. <laughs> and then I came across the word, what was it? Androgynous. Androgynous. And oh, I really embraced that word. I thought, that's what I am. And it wasn't until I came across the word hermaphrodite that I, that really rang the bell. And, and all of a sudden I had my identity. And I think that was so important in my life to embrace that. But I went through a lot of gender dysphoria, not in the same way as many transgender, but in a very different way because everything was kept secret. There's this deep, dark secret looming over me that I wasn't aware of or wasn't told about, but I was kind of at somewhere level aware of. And that, I think, is a disservice to any young child to do surgeries secretly and do things to my body and then send me out into the world as a gender that I'm not I think it's a crime. It's a disservice. It's morally wrong. Because I can never measure up. And I remember in PE classes, I could never be the boy like other boys. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the bone structure. I mean, to this day, I've got a crunch in my shoulder from being made to throw like a boy. My hips hurt because I had to do sit-ups like a boy and push-ups like a boy. But even 
doctors have looked at my bone structure and said, you know, you've got interesting bone structure. <laughs> and I know I do. It's not quite male. It's not quite female. And there's a reason that girls do exercises a little different than boys. Their bone structure is different, and mine is. And so these are some of the clues that kind of, I think, were being intersex helps is that I am something that's was born both, but yet neither, <laughs> if that makes sense. And that does make sense in my mind because I am something different. I was born, and throughout history, there's been people that are born intersex, there's been male to female transsexuals, female to male transsexuals, there's been cross-dressers throughout history, you name it, they've been there all the way back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any thoughts? Yeah, so you were talking about your experience with coming to terms with who you were. And my story is completely different. And for a very, very long time, I knew that I wasn't like the other boys. And I always just thought that I, you know, I was a guy that had a very, very active feminine side. And, that, and that's how I self-identified for a very long time. But I kept on coming back to some of these feminine parts of myself. A lot of them were my favorite parts of myself that that gave me a lot of strength. That, But I also, around my close friends, I could kind of just be myself. But I felt like in regular society, I had to kind of hide these parts of myself away. And I, I went through a, a long period of confusion and misunderstanding. And I've always been a very flamboyant dresser. I've always worn a lot of really interesting clothes and didn't agree with a lot of the rules. And I intentionally broke a lot of the rules. And you know, I would wear skirts from time to time just because you can't tell me what to wear. But I remember very vividly that one of my friends, we were doing like a clothing exchange, and she passed me this tight leather skirt. And she was like, that's yours. You should have it. Uh, try it on. And I remember putting it on. And I had worn skirts. I had worn dresses. I had even done drag for a Rocky Horror Picture Show for years. And, 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 you know, dressed up in makeup and stuff like that. But it was always something that I felt was kind of a lark. Kind of a silly thing. And, but... I remember putting on that skirt and 
feeling really empowered and feeling really sexy and feeling something different and and it just felt right and I I wore that skirt until it fell apart and it was only like a couple of days before I really came to accept that I I actually really was not male that I was non-binary and it seems now looking back you know kind of like a a small thing but the feelings that I felt were very vivid and very powerful and very strong and it receiving that skirt completely changed my life and I really started to accept who I was and I remember deciding that I I wanted to explore this further and I wanted to really stretch my wings and express myself in this whole new way and then I I did and it felt good and it felt right and I learned more and more about myself as I went through this process of discovery and understanding and I I didn't go through that until I was in my late 20s I I think that there's a stigma sometimes for people that come to understand their gender later in life like they're maybe pretending or fooling themselves or that their gender identity isn't valid because they didn't realize it when they were a kid. But I remember as I was going through this experience of learning about myself and starting to accept myself as non-binary, I went back through all of these memories in childhood. Like I remember I used to have a cousin that every time I went to her house, I I had her do my makeup and dress me up and make me look real cute and it felt really good. And I would go and I'd walk out in front of my parents and when I was really young they would laugh and they'd think it was cute and they'd even take pictures because they thought that would be blackmail one day and then I remember after I turned 13 going back to that cousin's house and doing the same thing that I ever always did and then I went out in front of my dad and my mom and my dad was like, you're getting too old for this. You can't do that anymore. It it was a silly thing when you were a kid, but you're growing up now and you you, you can't do that anymore. It's it's not it's not right. And and then I I didn't I didn't do it anymore after that. And I remember being really sad 
the next few times I went to this cousin's house because I felt like I had lost something. And I hadn't thought about that for years until I started to realize that I was non-binary and realize how much that side of me meant to me and how painful getting shot down and denied by my own father with this thing that felt so right and natural and that I enjoyed and that I liked a lot. And I hadn't thought about how much that had hurt me and how much that had given me pain. But then when I started to understand the truth of my gender, it made so much sense that not only that that became a, a really common thing that I really enjoyed, but also why it hurt so much when my dad told me that I was too old for it and that I had to grow out of it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to take a moment and just express that there is a lot of pain because there is so much misunderstanding in our culture about gender and sex. And when we look at the science, what science is discovering is that sex and gender are very complex. There's not one thing that makes us male or female. There's many factors that go in in building blocks that create our sex. Kate Bornstein at one point asked, what, how do you define what it is to be a man? How do you define what it is to be a woman? And no matter how many people gave her really good definitions, there's always exceptions. You can't, can't really pinpoint what is a man, what is a woman. Mm-hmm. I know of women that have been born without vaginas mm-hmm. <laughs> and doctors try talked her into surgically putting one in and she hated it and finally just quit using it and her body shut it down and it went away <laughs> on its own so what is it to be a man what is it to be a woman and I think the even more important question, what is it to be a human? And why can't we just be human beings instead of being labeled on a, even on the spectrum of male to female? Because in Native American culture, they had the concept of two-spirit, well, I think- Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. 
Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. It's time for our station break. I do want to say we're getting real close to having my new website done. It'll still be a little while, but it should be coming soon. In the meantime, visit ravenslayerleather.com. On our website, we've got different training programs. We've got, and I'm going to have a whole bunch more that's available on the new side. We also have links to our Patreon page and to many other resources. And I've got different information available on our website. So check us out, and if you love what you hear on the show and want to support us, do go to Patreon and make a small donation. We could certainly use it. It Every little bit helps. Anything you want to add to our station break, Paul? I I think that you pretty much covered everything. Okay. Well, we'll get back to our topic on transgender. As I was saying before, I I really think that both gender, sex, and sexual orientation are a little bit of a a myth, in a sense. I think that it's an attempt to classify what can't be classified. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes in. I mean, think about it. Sexual orientation is based on this notion that we live in a binary sex system, that there's only girls and only boys (laughs) and nothing else. And I was born something else. I mean, living proof here. (laughs) I kind of throw a worm in the works, so to speak, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I am something else. I'm not quite male, not quite female. And so it raises all kinds of legal issues. Who can I legally marry? Who can, which bathroom can I legally use? Who, how, how should I dress? All kinds of problems because I'm not quite male, I'm not quite female. Not enough to fit the even the legal definitions, in a sense, and definitely not the psychological definitions. So where do I fall? And I think I like that because it kind of illustrates that maybe there's something wrong with our classification systems, and we need to relook at how we classify things. Any thoughts? So so earlier you brought up the concept of two-spirit, which is a concept in a lot of Native American tribes. And I'd like to point out that in the most recent election, there is an individual named Geo-Neptune that was elected to the school board in 
Eastern Maine, and they are the first two-spirit individual to ever hold political office in our country. And it's a big part of their identity. And I, I think that it's a very big move in, in the, the world and in this country to have elected them. There have been a lot of uh, LGBT people that uh, were elected in this last election, the, the most in recorded history of the U.S. And I think that it speaks to the evolving nature in this country of acceptance and recognition. And I think that it's hard to overstate how important it is to have these people that have been part of our society forever start to represent us in political office. And I think, I think that it's really amazing and beautiful that we're starting to see large strides in, in the world and in people's evolving acceptance and, and understanding. I think that it it's very, very powerful. And I'm very happy to see it. And I'm looking forward to seeing this trend continue into the future. Because I think for too long, the people that have been othered, that have been considered something outside of the mainstream they have been they have lived silently and quietly in the margins but now we're starting to see a lot of people get recognition for their contributions and i'm i'm really hoping that this trend continues mhm and I'd like to kind of turn, I mean, we've been talking about some of the problems with being transgendered, and I'd like to turn to some of the more fun side of it. I know when I went to my first bi conference and met some other people that were gender fluid and that just loved my outfits and the way I, I presented myself as uh, I mean, I didn't wear falsies. I had all the wrong pokey outy parts, and they loved it. <laughs> I was just myself. There was this just joy and celebration, and also the joy and celebration of being amongst other people who identified as bisexual. Is the first time I'd ever been around that many bisexuals at one time. <laughs> I've known a rare occasional one here in Houston, but it was rare that I'd come across anybody, especially another male or presenting male that identified as bisexual. Now I knew a lot of bisexual women because that seemed to be more okay. <laughs> 
But for men, it wasn't. There's a big stigma attached to it. And I think what I'm trying to get to in all this is that there can be a fun side to gender explorations. And I'd like to step aside for a second and just say that if you're having doubts about gender identity or gender expression, remember we all start out in the womb as female and a process called sexual differentiation occurs. Even the most female of females get some male characteristics thrown in the batch during this differentiation process. And it, it is really a spectrum, but we all start out basic building blocks as female. And that's the default. If something goes wrong, we revert back to female. And so I look at gender as this massive spectrum, but it's more than just two-dimensional. You throw in three, I mean, two-spirit concepts and throw in some of the other concepts of non-gendered, and all of a sudden you've got more than just male and female. And so wherever you fall on the spectrum, or maybe globe, global spectrum would be a better word, it's okay because that's how nature made us. Any thoughts? I know that for me, I have had a, a whole lot of fun playing around with my gender and exploring it. And I am a natural-born attention whore. And being the person that goes around and not only a dress and, or a skirt and, and a blouse, but a very loud attention-grabbing dress and skirt and blouse and shoes and purse and and uh and accessories and, and all of this that also having a beard and not trying to change my voice at all and just being who I am in the world it's really amazing and I live in a large city and I live in Texas, which Texas itself is fairly conservative, but Houston as a city tends to be fairly accepting and understanding. I've had very few problems going around as as I am. And, you know, sometimes I get odd looks, but also more often I am surprised by the support I get from people that I may not have thought would be very supportive of me. I know that the other night uh, with you, Gigi, I went to the corner store and I commented that the guy who ran the corner store was not only very nice, but it felt like he saw me in my 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 skirt and my and and my shirt and and all all dolled up and real pretty like, and not only was he respectful, but it 
felt that he recognized that I was outside of the norm and it seemed like he was very supportive of it and he was not someone I would normally have generally considered that would be real open to someone that ran a against the the grain as as much as I do and I I have that experience kind of a lot especially things like uh holding doors open for uh for for older people and I tend to be a really kind polite person and the amount of receptiveness that I feel when I am fully expressing myself because I I do the same thing when I'm just in pajama pants and a t-shirt and I always get people being polite back but it's honestly kind of interesting that sometimes I get a more positive response when I am purposely playing around the the gender lines and it seems like something that I should get used to but I never am get fully used to it I think a lot of people are afraid of playing with gender expression because they're afraid of how people might react and for people who are living in smaller towns it's completely understandable especially in a small town where you're likely to run into your boss you're likely to run into people who have some control over your life that you might not want to be out to and to anyone that's living in a rural place that has a desire to express something different than what they are comfortable with one of the things that i would suggest is if you go on vacation or you have a business trip to a large city that might be a good opportunity to kind of play around with your gender like go to a resale shop buy yourself an outfit you think is really cute that fits the way that you would prefer to be seen in the world and just go out and walk in the streets and get a cup of coffee Uh, live your life for a day the way that you want to be and see how people respond and you, you might be really surprised how accepting a lot of people are towards it Mm-hmm. another fun side of gender play is I remember the first time a girlfriend used a strap-on on me and I felt so femme and she felt so butch and we just played with that switching masculine feminine energy and this was early on in my life I mean I was in my early 20s the first time this occurred and it was just so beautiful to 
be the girl and and take it like a girl. <laughs> and it made me, it just woke something very deep and primal in me. And we played with the gender many times, gender fluidity and gender bending. And it was just such a beautiful experience. And with some of my boyfriends, I played with gender bending with them being the girl or sometimes I've had effeminate boyfriends that like to be the girl and I'd be the boy. <laughs> and so being able to shift roles and play different roles, I think the other thing for me is that, and I, get, I don't know how many trans people, but I know everybody can have different types of orgasms and learn how to have both the masculine and feminine type orgasms. But I naturally started having both types from word go. It's quite an amazing experience to get into my femme mode and, and on a sexual level as well as a physical level. And so playing with these feelings and playing with our identity a little bit and shifting. You know, I think I am a shapeshifter. I am that magical creature that can change forms. <laughs> and that's such a beautiful, wonderful thing. And I love playing with it. Any thoughts, Paul? I know that for me, there are a lot of things that I do when I want to specifically feel very feminine i will do things like uh pampering things like uh facial treatment and there are different kinds of music that i can put on that will put me in that female mode and there are different kinds of i've i've learned how to do it through meditation and through different kinds of self-pleasure and self-touch and and things like that and it's something that I can kind of use as a tool to because I find a lot of times for me and I think that this is a very uh, specific to me experience and other people might experience it too. But uh, I think that when I'm in my masculine head uh, mindset, I tend to be very analytical and I tend to be very black and white and I tend to be a little more, you know, if there's a problem I want to, I want to tackle it head on and 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 attack it and sometimes that is to my benefit but sometimes it is to my detriment and when I feel like being in that masculine headspace is is holding me back or maybe making me think about things in a way I don't want to think about them. I use these tools that I've developed to 
put myself in a more feminine mindset where I can be more, I feel more organic. I feel more like I can multitask and focus on lots of different things instead of painting everything with such a broad brush. Um, I, I feel like when I put myself in this feminine mind space, I am able to see things from a lot of different angles and a lot of different perspectives and get kind of a broader view of things. And I, I use these tools that I've developed to specifically put me in that feminine head, uh, headspace in order to change my thinking so that I can focus on an issue or a problem in a different way. And I, I think that that has really helped me out in so many ways and helped me to view the world in a way that is much more that helps me to live the life that I want to live. And I think that that's another really strong thing I've gotten out of my ability to go between the masculine and feminine energies. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I like to touch on is that there is such diversity in sex and gender and sexual orientation and even sexual expression. And I think that one of the problems a lot of couples have that have been in a relationship long term is that they get stuck in a rut and the same thing gets old after a while and it turns into a sexless marriage. By adding a little diversity and bringing in new fresh sexual expression and sexual activities, it can really perk up your love life. And playing with gender roles a little bit and playing with gender expression and being a little bit more fluid can free us up. We don't have to lock into one role or one definition of what we're supposed to be. We can be free to explore all our multidimensional self and really explore and learn about who we are at a deeper level, I think, through gender expression. We can learn about what makes us tick deep down inside. We can reach down to that primal part of ourselves and, and let the primal come out and play a little bit and express itself and explore the, what it is to be something outside, maybe outside of what we thought we could be, but that's deep down within our core being. I know one of the things 
for me is that I really think that embracing my feminine side really helped me embrace my masculine side even more, which seems kind of weird on the outside, but I've always been friends mostly with women, and I was always afraid of exhibiting toxic masculinity. And I think that that made me afraid to embrace certain parts of my masculinity, because I know that when left out of check, masculinity can get very toxic. But I think that after I started exploring my feminine side and getting very comfortable with my feminine side, it allowed me to really embrace healthy masculinity in a completely new and different way. It gave me permission to kind of not be ashamed of that masculine side uh, because I felt more comfortable really exploring and it helped me get over the fear that by embracing my masculinity that I would slip into some of those toxic masculine aspects. And I I think that's something that really helped me out a lot in my life uh, ever since I really came to accept who I am. Mm-hmm. Then we've reached the top of the hour already. Wow, time flies. <laughs> I would like to invite all of you to explore diversity. I like to think of it this way. If the rainbow only had two colors, it would no longer be a rainbow. It would be pretty bland. Life is full of colors. And all of nature is very diverse. I mean, think about the diversity in the insect world, the bird world, the <laughs> animal world. Life is about diversity. Nature's about diversity. I think it's unnatural to try to create a binary. <laughs> it's unnatural to group everything into this or that only. <laughs> and it's so limiting. And so I guess one of the things I learned through being intersex is that the diversity of gender and gender expression is beautiful. I remember going to, I think I loved the radical fairies because they taught me so much about this stuff. They can be so expressive in so many different beautiful ways. It's, it's just amazing. And so I think we're seeing a lot of the diversity blossom in our culture that had at one point been stifled and 
and through sex negative culture and through the whole concept of taboo has been restricted and I think we're seeing a whole new movement towards freedom and through learning more about our true nature, the way the universe made us to be. So on that note, do you have any further comments or thoughts? I would just like to encourage anyone out there who may be questioning or maybe you know who you are, but you don't live in a situation where you feel that you are safe to to express it, I'd just like to let you know that your experience is valid, is 100% valid. Whether you eventually get to a place where that you feel comfortable expressing and being out with a, a different gender than the one that than the sex that you were born as, or you are questioning and curious and don't know yet, exploring your gender, whether you come to the understanding that you are actually the, uh, your gender does match your sex, or if you discover that it doesn't. There's nothing wrong with with exploring and experimenting and really trying to figure it out. There's nothing bad that can happen through internal exploration of these themes, even if you discover that, you know, you are who you thought you were the whole time, or... If you find out that it's different than what you thought, that's also okay. And exploration can only serve to help you in the long run. So whoever you are out there, I would say that it would be a good idea to, to kind of explore some of these things and really let go of your preconceived notions of what is possible and who you are and and listen to yourself because you know deep down who you are. Um, so uh, that's all I wanted to say. And I love you very much. Ah, and I love you too, Paul. And I love all the beautiful people out there. The diversity, the joy, whether you're into the whatever alternative community or even in the mainstream community, there is such a amazing diversity. And on that note, have those wonderful nocturnal emissions Explore and discover what your body is capable of. Explore not just on ecstasy and on 
sexual stimulation, but explore through the mind, explore through your imagination. Become a gorgeous, beautiful woman in your mind, or become an amazing, beautiful guy. Oh, so rugged. <laughs> Be explorative. Let both sides of your nature out. Because we all start out as with a little bit of both. We start out as female, but then the building blocks make us a little bit of both. And so explore both sides of your nature. We all have it in us. And with that, have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.